As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Well, hey, President, Michael Jakes here. We're here with the Bible Speaks Live Hot Topic Tuesday. We're here once again with a study for your heart and for your soul. We pray that all is well with you once again as we do open up the Word of God. Tonight, we are uh, we are going to be on a very serious topic, as most of our topics are, as all of our topics are. Uh, tonight, we are going to be touching on the topic of sin. Amen? We're touching on the topic of sin. And we're going to talk about uh, the unwanted revival. The unwanted revival. There is a revival. There is a revival that we speak of. There is a revival that we speak of much uh, that we need. The church needs revival. We've heard that refrain over and over again. But there is a revival that is not needed. There is a revival that we need to avoid at all costs. Amen. And that is, as we said, it is the revival of the sin nature. We're going to be talking about that tonight. Amen. So we pray that you'll be able to stay with us for a little bit uh, as we get into it. Amen. This is That's the Word Ministries. We are a ministry dedicated to the proclamation and propagation of the Word of God. We do preach and teach the message of the cross for life and living. That is sanctification. Uh, and you can be a partner with us simply by sharing out this page. If you're watching us on Facebook, let others also uh, may come in contact with the life-changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so once again, we're going to pray and we're going to get right into this study for tonight. Uh, we have much uh, to get into tonight. And so <clears throat> once again, we pray uh, that you will stay with us. I'm sure uh, that you will hear something that will be a benefit to you in your Christian life, something that will bless you, uh, something that you maybe uh, can possibly uh, pass on to others. Uh, but we want you to uh, stay with us tonight uh, as we open up God's word. Amen. So let's open up in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Lord, we bless you. We thank you once again for giving us this opportunity to open up your word. Lord, we know that the devil is busy. Lord, we know that the devil is a liar. And so, Lord, we pray as we come to you, Lord, that you will give us clarity of mind and heart. And spirit, even as your word is opened and as your word goes forth, Lord, we pray that you will open up our hearts to your word. Uh, Lord, we pray that you will teach us something, uh, Lord Jesus, that we uh, that we need to know, Lord Jesus. We must never become comfortable with what we think we know. Lord, teach us, Lord Jesus. We are open to what you have to say to us by your spirit. So, Lord, bless us, keep us, Lord. I pray those under the sound of your word tonight will also uh, likewise be blessed. I pray that they will be benefited by your word tonight. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is on the throne. Amen. God bless you, my brother Frank and, and Donna. God bless you, my brother Thomas Walker Jr. Amen. God bless you. Good to see you here tonight. Amen. Well, <clears throat> As we talk about sin, we're talking about a subject that should be familiar, that should be familiar to all of us. I was about to say most of us, but sin should be a familiar subject to all of us because we have all dealt with sin. Uh, and in the first part of our time here tonight, I want to I want to uh, talk about sin, uh, the reality of sin, the nature of sin, uh, the effects of sin. But once again, all of that. The nature, the, the reality, and the effects all comes down to the reason why we sin, and that is 
the sin nature. So we're going to get into that. But first, uh, you know, when we talk about sin, sin defined, I remember teaching Sunday school years ago, and one of the uh, early basic definitions of sin that we gave to the children was simply anything you say, do, or think that does not please God. I believe that pretty much covers it all. Uh, very basic definition and a, a very uh, wide open. It's all true. Sin is anything, anything that we say, anything that we do, anything that we think that does not please God. Uh, now, as we open that up, we understand that there are sins of omission, things that you uh, didn't do that you should have done, sins of commission, things that you did do that you should not uh, have done. Uh, we know that there are sins of word, things that you can say uh, that can be displeasing to God, and something that you can do uh, that will be displeasing to God, and even your thoughts, even your thoughts. Your thoughts can be displeasing to God. So once again, sin is so pervasive uh, because of, as we will get into, because of the sin nature that it. I would say that it is very difficult for us to go uh, for a long space of time without praying, seeing all of the different ways that it is possible to sin, okay? Sins of ignorance. Sometimes you sin in in one of these ways, and maybe you did not realize, maybe I did not realize it was sin. Now, that's where the Holy Spirit will come in. If we do sin ignorantly, in other words, we don't realize it's a sin, the Holy Spirit will intervene. The Holy Spirit will come. He indwells us, and he will let us know that sin has been committed. Amen? And so that is very important to remember. Uh, so that, that would be a very uh, basic uh, definition of, of God, amen, of, of sin, I'm sorry, that would be a very basic definition uh, of sin, it is rebellion, it is, uh, sin is rebellion, sin is selfishness, all of these things characterize what sin is all about, and once again, as a Christian, as a child of God, I am sure that all of us are familiar with sin, and as we'll get into tonight, we all have dealt with sin in various ways in our lives. How do we deal with the problem of sin in the Christian life? Why do Christians continue to sin? Okay, why, why does it happen? Once again, it goes, we're talking about the sin nature. Amen. We're talking about the sin nature. Now, what are the effects? What are the results? What are the ramifications of sin uh, in the Christian life? One, uh, sin is going to always grieve the Holy Spirit. It is going to grieve the Holy Spirit. And by grieve, we mean it will sadden the Holy Spirit. It will uh, disappoint the Holy Spirit. Sin will hurt the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, and he is struck emotionally when we sin. Amen? Remember, he indwells us. Now, I heard something years ago that I don't quite I don't quite put my handle on. I, I don't quite, well, actually, I don't. Uh, there was a time where I did repeat it and, and believe it, but now I don't. Uh, and and it's, it was a very terrible thing that I believed, but it, this was many, many, many years ago. But I heard this statement that when we sin, we, we cause the Holy Spirit to be partakers of our sin. Now, I don't, I, I don't, I, I know. The Holy Spirit does not partake in our sin. He indwells us. We sin, he's in us. When we sin, he doesn't leave us. He doesn't go out and wait until we finish sinning and then come back in. So he is there, but that does not make him a partaker, okay? The Holy Spirit is going to lead and guide us into truth, okay? He is not going to open the door for us to sin. He is not going to lead us into sin. That will never be the case. Uh, so no, the Holy Spirit is not does not become a partaker of our sin when we sin. Okay, let let's move that thought and that idea out of the way. Uh, secondly, what sin will do, it will break your fellowship with the Lord. Okay, fellowship is broken when we sin. 
And when I, when I say when we sin, when we sin in such a way that we don't bring that sin to the Lord. Okay, we need to always keep in mind 1 John 1 and 9. Okay, we need to always keep in mind 1 John 1 and 9. We have to be able, we must be able to know that we must bring our sins to the Lord. And he will hear us. Amen. And he will always hear us uh, when we bring our sin to him. If we, if we confess our sins, he is then faithful and righteous or just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, some would say, some within the Christian community would say that this verse was not written for Christians, but it is absolutely written to Christians. Now, we do also use this verse sometimes, and it is applicable. We use this verse uh, as, when we're speaking to someone about the Lord who doesn't know the Lord that they can pray, they can confess their sins, and Jesus will forgive them. It is applicable. But these words were written to God's people. If we sin, when we sin, okay, when we confess, we confess our sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need not to hold on to sin. And so when we do so, when we hold on to our sin, or as uh, the book of Psalms, I believe it's Psalms 66, 18, says, if I treasure sin, in other words, if I hold on to sin in my heart, then the Lord will not hear me. Okay, and we don't want to fall into that place. The Lord will not hear me when I treasure sin in my heart. So fellowship with the Lord is going to be broken. Okay, it is going to be broken uh, when uh, I do not confess my sin. Amen. That is something important uh, to remember. Remember what it says in John 15, verse number four. It says, abide in me and I will abide in you. No branch can bear fruit of itself it, uh, unless, it unless it abides in me. Neither can ye bear fruit unless ye abide with me. To abide means, once again, to remain. Okay. And so we want to, re we remain with him by keeping the lines of fellowship open, but by keeping the lines of communication open, amen, we do not hold on to sin. Listen, sin, as we have been trying to say, sin is a reality. It is going to happen. Now, the fact that we know it's going to happen does not, and we'll bring this up a little later, it does not give us license to sin, okay? That's not the way we look at sin, all the sin nature, by saying, well, everybody does it, I can't help it, it's the way it is, so, oh well. No, that's not the correct way to view sin or the sin nature, amen? Uh, so, sin will always uh, break our fellowship with the Lord. Thirdly, when we talk about sin, the effects of sin, sin is going to remove the joy of your salvation. The joy of your salvation. Joy, joy is aligned tightly with our salvation. Okay? The joy of our salvation. Here's what uh, the psalmist said. David said, Psalm 51, uh, verse 2. Uh, he said, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. What is what is the joy of salvation? Where does the joy come in when we talk about salvation? Well, when we talk about the benefits of salvation, all that we have in Christ, all that we are in Christ, all that we are, are, can look forward to in Christ, that is joy. I'm not talking about what the world calls happiness. Okay, uh, we can still have joy in the midst of in the midst of trouble. We can still have joy in the midst of trial. Okay, and so that's important to remember. That our joy is not based on the circumstance that we may find ourselves in. Our joy is based on the fact that I am in Christ and no one can pluck me out of his hands. And I have no desire to step out of his hand. And my faith is firmly placed in Christ and his finished work. There's my joy. There's my joy. I am in Christ. In Christ. I am unmovable as long as I keep my eyes fixed on him. Amen. Now, 
Fourthly, when we talk about uh, the ramifications of sin, there's going to be a lack of confidence in prayer. Why? Because there's going to be there's going to be some shame involved. Once again, this goes back to fellowship. If I'm holding on to sin, one thing that one thing that sin will uh, not allow you to do, sin is not going to allow you to be honest with the Lord. It's not going to allow you to be honest with the Lord. You 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 come before Him, but you will have that sort of cloud over you. Okay. Now, once again, I, I I'm going I'm going to tell you, uh, speaking transparently, once again, uh, I speak. Uh, from a knowledge of being a backslider, many many moons ago, many years ago, when I when I when I backslid from the Lord, okay, I, I backslid, and so I, I I remember the the feeling. I remember praying and and just having my prayers hit the ceiling, but not being not being brave enough to say, Lord, forgive me, because I knew that I was going to continue. I knew that I was going to continue in those ungodly ways, whatever whatever I was involved in. I knew that I was going to proceed. And so my prayers didn't mean much because, once again, if you regard sin, if you treasure sin in your heart, God will not hear. And I was aware of all, I was aware of this dynamic, but yet and still, I was still in church and I was still teaching and I was still singing and I, and but I, but inside there was a hollowness. Inside I was running, I was hiding, I was backslid. Amen. But the Lord graciously the Lord graciously brought me back uh into the fold. Amen. And so that's once again one of the ramifications of uh sin in the Christian life. Amen. Those are just a few those are just a few of the ramifications uh, of uh, sin in the Christian's life. Now, another question I want to respond to uh, is the fact that I can recall, I can recall in those days, those many, many, many years ago, when I was in that state, I remember saying to myself, man, am I possessed or something? I just can't, I can't, I just can't. I, I must be possessed. And and that and that type of thinking, that's the type of thinking that the enemy wants to instill within you. That's what he wants you to believe. He wants you to think that you are possessed. Okay? But the fact is that a Christian cannot, and I repeat, a Christian cannot be possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, however you want to call them, they cannot be possessed. Number one, we don't read in scripture of any, any Christian person being possessed by an evil spirit. We know that those who are unsaved are open to evil spirits. There are things that there are doors, there are gates that can be opened in their life uh, that can bring on an influx of a spirit or spirits that can enter into a into an unsaved person, but we, we have Christ within us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. And so we cannot be possessed, but however, we can be oppressed. The enemy can place pressure upon us to do, to say, to be, uh, to, to, to once again, to, 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 to act carnally. Satan can put this type of pressure upon us. And that's oppression. Uh, that is that is definitely something that can happen to the Christian life. But once again, it's all because of the sin nature. Okay. It goes back once again uh, to that sin nature. Amen. Now, some other things about sin uh, before we get into the sin nature. Uh, sin is contagious. Okay. Sin is contagious. Sin loves company. You've heard you you've heard the 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 statement misery loves company. Well, sin also loves company. Sin does not like to act alone. It it can act alone, but sin wants to be wants to be with something. Sin wants to act out with others. Amen. That's once again the nature uh part of the nature of sin. It is contagious. Number 2, uh along the same lines, uh sin will ruin your testimony. 
Sin will ruin your testimony. Amen. You've spoken to other people about the Lord. They've seen your life. They've, they've seen what the Lord has done in your life. And then suddenly there's a turn. There's a turn and, and, and something is not right. And it's visible to those uh, in the church and those outside of the church. Those are the ones who are, who are more affected by a, a believer who backslides. Okay. Those who are outside of the church. They see and they know and they understand. Don't think that the world does not know what goes on inside of the church. Yes, yes, they do. Amen. And so when uh, a child of God goes astray, when a child of God drifts away, when a child of God backslides and it becomes common knowledge to the world, uh, it brings it brings a bad name uh, to Christ, and it also brings a bad name to the church at large, amen, to Christianity, amen. Uh, so once again, it is very important how we comport ourselves in the presence of the world. It is very important. It is important that they know that we are not perfect. We are definitely not perfect. No sin is perfection in Scripture. But once again, they must know that the God that we serve is real. Okay, and the world is looking for something real, something tangible, something that they can hold on to. Okay, with all of the things that are going on in the world, we need something real. Amen. We need something real, and that something is the gospel. And that someone is Jesus. Sin is the problem, the gospel is the answer. Amen. Sin is the problem, the gospel is the answer. Amen. And so we need to make sure uh, that we understand what sin will do. Amen. Sin, once again, has the capability to destroy your life, my life. Amen. That's why we need to keep our faith in uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to keep our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if we don't have the sin nature, if we don't understand how to manage, let me use that phrase, if we don't understand how to deal with or manage the sin nature, the sin nature can overwhelm us. It will overwhelm us, okay? That's what Satan wants. He wants us to be blind to the truth about the sin nature. Now, what is the truth about the sin nature? You and I all have one. Now, there are several different ways that you or I uh, can look uh, at the sin nature. We, 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 first of all, we need to understand the reality of the sin nature. Amen? The sin nature, it is real. And the sin nature is in every single one of us. That's that. The sin nature is that bent in every single human being. It's that bent toward sin and evil. Okay? It's that bent to please self. It's that bent toward rebellion, as we said earlier, and selfishness. That's the sin nature. Now, there have been many people and many people within the Christian community that believe that there is no such thing as a sin nature. There are many in the Christian community that believe uh, that the sin nature uh, at salvation has been eradicated. Let me read you one statement from one, uh, from one particular teacher uh, that believes that the sin nature has been eradicated. Here's what he writes. He says, the new man in Christ does not have a sinful nature. When you received Christ, you were also circumcised by putting away your sinful nature. Human hands did not circumcise you. Christ did. That's from Colossians chapter 2, verse number 11. It is possible, now listen to this statement. It is possible in a moment of weakness to fall back to Romans 7 and live as though we have a sin nature, but we can decide to live in Romans 8 because we don't really have one. That's the, sum, that's the summation of one teacher who believes that we don't have a sin nature. Uh, and it doesn't make sense. The reason why, the reason why you, 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 that moment of weakness, the reason why you have that moment of weakness and you go back to living like 
uh, Romans 7. In other words, the thing that I want to do, I can't do. And the thing that I don't want to do, that I do. The reason why you fall back into that is because of the sin nature. Okay? You would only have that bent unless you have a sin nature. Something is leading you to go in that direction. It's not the devil. <laughs> We can't blame every single thing on the devil. Your sin nature. You are very capable of destroying your own life through your own sinfulness. Okay? Yes, Satan does what he does. But your sin nature, once again, it, it can bring destruction to your life if it is not handled properly. Amen? If it is not handled properly. And so, once again... That is uh, that is what I just read. It's not what we believe. Uh, but once again, that's from someone who believes that we uh, don't have a sin nature. Let me read you a couple of other uh, responses from those who believe that we do not have a sin nature. From those who do not believe that we have a sin nature. Number one, they believe that God only creates what is good. Why would God create a sin nature? Something that would make us do something wrong. No, no, no. God only creates what is good. When God created man, he looked and saw it was good. So that's one of the reasonings why many individuals believe that we don't have a sin nature. Uh, secondly, God would never create a new man who has a split personality of good and evil. Okay? Now, the inclusion of the sin nature... In a, in a life, which we all have, is not a split personality, okay? Listen, you have a human nature, you have a, you have a, uh, a sin nature, and it's just how it is, okay? We have that nature, we have the capability in us. We actually do not know, I, I do believe personally, that we do not even fully understand the capabilities of the human heart. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number nine, that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? Okay? We don't know the extent of the sinfulness of our own selves if we are set loose. Okay? A life without Christ will cause will, will cause destruction to themselves amen and a life a christian life without full knowledge of your sin nature and having a misplaced object of faith or a wrong object of faith uh can bring problems definite problems in the Christian life. So those are just a few of the statements by those who believe that we don't have a sin nature, but we do have a sin nature. Once again, it's that bent toward evil. It is the reason why we sin. Um, Isaiah chapter 53, verse number six, makes a, uh, makes a statement that we have turned everyone to his own way. That's the selfishness, amen? Uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, verse number 3, makes this statement. Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh. Sinful flesh. Okay? That's once again speaking of uh, the, the sin nature. Okay? He looked like us. He, he, he was like us except without sin. Okay? He was without sin. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number uh, 15. Now, John uh, 1 uh, and 8 uh, makes this statement and makes it very clear. First uh, John 1, 8. Uh, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. That word sin is talking about the sin principle, the sin nature. If we say that we don't have one, we deceive ourselves. So yes, the sin nature is an absolute reality in every single life. Amen. It is a reality. Now, there are several other ways that we can look at the sin nature that many have taken upon themselves to look uh, at the sin nature. Number one, uh, there, there's ignorance. 
There are many who are ignorant of the sin nature, and they basically pay no attention to it. Uh, they, they, this, and I think that probably, probably this is is probably the place where many are. Uh, they just don't think about it. People sin, they do and wrong, and and everyone sins and everybody does wrong, and so that's all there is to it. But once again, we must make sure that we are not ignorant of the sin nature. Amen. We must not be ignorant of the sin nature. Now, in Romans chapter number six, uh, point of reference, in Romans chapter number six, when, when you see the word sin, it is talking about, as we just read from 1 John 1, 8, it is talking about the sin principle. It is not talking about sins in themselves, things that you do that are wrong, sin. That's not what is being spoken about. Amen. Now, different ways that we can talk about sin. The Bible talks about trespasses. The Bible talks about um, transgressions and, and, and different ways, different ways that the, the Bible speaks about sin. Uh, but when we talk about sin, when we talk about sin, it is something that we ought not to be ignorant of. Secondly, is where we just spoke about. Many deny the existence of a sin nature at all. Amen. And we won't get into that. Uh, but we should not deny it. We have it. Okay. Uh, number three, many believe that there is, we have, uh, since we all have a sin nature, as we touched upon earlier, that it basically gives us a, a license, so to speak, to sin. Uh, what do you want me to do? I have a sin nature. I sin, you sin, we sin, we all sin, let's all sin. No, that's not what it's all about, okay? Okay, knowing that you have a sin nature and knowing there is nothing you can do, believing there is nothing that you can do about having a sin nature does not give you license to sin. You can't write it off in that way. No, no. There's struggle. Struggle, Okay. And that's where many are. Those who are not deceived into believing that we don't have a sin nature, uh, they may find themselves in a place of struggle. Struggling with sin of some kind, of some sort. Listen, all of us, okay? And I, and I believe I can say this is true of all of us. Not most of us, all of us. I believe that we all have a point of, of weakness. Weakness or weaknesses. And it could be anything. I'm not even going to begin to list the different things that can be considered weaknesses in a person's life. But we all have that one or things or whatever they may be that can be considered weakness. But remember what the apostle Paul said. That he says that my strength is made perfect in weakness. Okay. Don't allow your weakness to be the thing uh, that pulls you down. Rather, allow that weakness uh, to become that thing that strengthens you. Amen? Grace. His grace is sufficient. That is what we need when we find ourselves weak. Because what did Paul say? When I am weak, when I am weak, he said, then I am strong. Amen? And so that's important. That's so very uh, important uh, to remember. Amen? That's so very important to remember. So struggle. Uh, struggling uh, on a daily basis. Many Christians struggle on a daily basis with one thing or another. Amen. And and that does not need uh, to be the case. Yes, once again, we are always going to have to deal with sin in this life. We're all, it's always going to be there. It's going to be a part of our existence in this life because we have these corrupted bodies. We're going to deal with sin. But once again, the sin nature can be managed. Amen. The sin nature can be managed. Let me go to the book of Romans. Romans, the great book of Romans, Romans chapter number six, Romans chapter number six. And let me get uh, right here uh, right now. Amen. Here's what it says in verse number 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. For sin. Now, notice what it says. It's not talking about sins. Okay? The sins that you or I commit. 
That's not what he is saying. He is not saying that sins shall not have dominion over. He is saying sin, the sin principle, the sin nature shall not have dominion over you. Okay? It's the sin nature that we have to deal with. Amen? That is what we must deal with. Amen? Verse number 12. Let's go up to verse number 12 in Romans chapter number 6. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Once again, it's not talking about sins. It's not talking about individual sins that you or I may commit. It's talking about that sin principle. It is talking about the sin nature. Amen. Don't allow the sin nature to reign in your life. Don't allow it to be the master uh, in your life. That is not what we ought to be doing. Amen. And so that is beginning to show us how we are to deal with sin in the Christian life. And we deal with sin in the Christian life by the grace of God. Through the cross, by the grace of God. Amen. That is how we deal with sin. Now, the title of our of, of this our, our word tonight is called the unwanted revival. The unwanted revival. Now, when we go to Romans chapter number 7 and verse number 9, here's what we read. For I was alive without the law, outside the law once. But when the commandment came, when the commandment came, he says, sin revived and I died. He says, sin revived and I died. This is Paul speaking autobiographically. He is speaking of himself. This is the struggle that Paul had. He is going to get into this struggle as he begins to say what he dealt with. But what he understood, what he came to understand uh, was that Paul the Apostle thought that all that he knew concerning the law, he thought that once he got saved, he believed that once he got saved, all that he knew about the law and what the law was all about, now he would really and truly be able to put it into practice. And that would help him to be the Christian that he wanted to be, that he needed to be, that he knew the Lord wanted him to be. He thought that the law was going to do this for him. But no. No. Here's what he says happened. He says, when the commandment came, in other words, when the law came back in the picture, when I started trying to keep the law, to keep the law, to keep the law, he says that is when sin or the sin nature, not sins, the sin nature revived. It resurrected. It came back to life. You see, when you got saved, here's what happened when you and I got saved. The sin nature that we have, the Holy Spirit now indwells us, and the sin nature is now subdued. Not eradicated. Not gone. He not flown, he's not flown the coop. The sin nature is now subdued. Okay? There's a new power source in town, and that is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God now indwells us. The sin nature no longer uh, dominates us. Let not sin. A uh, sin shall not have dominion over you. The sin nature shall not have dominion over you. And so this is what happens when we got saved. But he said that when he began to put laws in place in his life to keep the law, he says the sin revived. The sin nature revived. How I like to how I like to describe it is I call it. I call it the keep off the grass syndrome. The keep off the grass syndrome. Uh, when I was young, I can recall vividly seeing signs posted in the grass where I lived. Don't go on the grass. They were cutting the grass that day. Don't go on the grass. And they were watering the grass. Keep off the grass. What would I do? I'm talking about me. And my friends, some of my friends were there. But what do I recall doing at those times, when I saw the sign that said, keep off the grass, that was the law. Don't do that. 
What did I do? Well, seeing something that I couldn't do, something inside of me said, do it anyhow. Do it anyway. Go step on the grass just because it says, don't do it. I'm going to do it. That's the law, what I call the law, the, the, keeping, the keeping off the grass syndrome. That's how it is. When we see, when we put a law in place that says, don't, something in us, the sin nature, says, aha, I want to do that. That's the very thing that I want to do. The very thing that it says not to do, sin nature says, that's what I want. Okay? That's what I want. And so this is what Paul experienced. This is exactly what he experienced. The sin nature revived when he began to try to keep the law piece by piece by piece by piece. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And so this is the revival that we don't want. We don't want a revival of the sin nature. There is a way to deal with the sin nature because if we don't understand how to deal with the sin nature, then we are always going to have this it's always going to be gnawing at us and, and reaching for us. And we, we're going to become, as we said earlier, we're going to become overwhelmed by it if we don't put it in check. Now, once again, for lack of a better phrase, I'm using that phrase, put in check. That's not probably the best phrase to use concerning the sin nature. But once again, the sin nature needs to be kept in place. And the only way that the sin nature can be kept in place is by grace. It is through the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay? It is through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's go to Galatians, uh, which this is probably among one of my favorite verses. Galatians chapter number 2 and verse number 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20 tells us for all intents and purposes, it tells us how to live for God. How to live for God right here in Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20. And if you're not careful, you can read right across it and, and not pay it any mind. Here's what it says. I am crucified with Christ. Okay, that's one of the one of the seven togethers. We'll get together and talk about the seven togethers at another time. But this is one of the seven togethers. I am crucified with Christ, he says, but nevertheless, he says, I live, okay? Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And he says, and here it comes, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Boom, that's how we live the Christian life. I just told you how to live the Christian life, how the sin nature is kept subdued, okay? How the sin nature is managed, not eradicated. You don't become sinless, but how the sin nature can be kept at bay. We live the Christian life by faith in the Son of God, faith in Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. Gave himself, that's talking about the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so that is how we live the Christian life. That is how we deal with sin in the Christian life. Now, how do we sometimes deal with sin in our lives? Well, we deal with sin many times in the Christian life by trying to do more. I, I do more. I sinned here. And so what I need to do, I need to try harder. I need to try harder. Or I need to pray longer. How's that? I need to pray longer. How's this? I need to read more chapters in my Bible. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying. There's nothing wrong with having length to your prayers. There's nothing wrong with reading and reading at length. Nothing wrong. Reading and praying and studying and all of these things are never going to harm you, never going to hurt you. It's what you should do. Okay? You need, you better read your Bible. You need to. You better pray. Okay? Uh, some people will believe that they can fast their way to freedom. Fast their way to freedom. 
Once again, uh, freedom, sometimes rather fasting sometimes can be uh, looked at as some sort of way that we get brownie points. If I fast long enough, if I fast for enough days, then God owes me something. No, no, God doesn't owe anyone anything, okay? If the Lord needs for you to fast, he will let you know if you need to fast, okay? Uh, but once again, fasting is not going uh, to free you from anything. And we should not expect special behavior because we've undergone a 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 day fast. Look what I did, God. And, and we sort of give ourselves a little old pat on the back and, and we feel good about ourselves. But when we do that, who's getting the glory? Who's getting the glory after the fast is all said and done? Look what I did. I did it. That doesn't sound like God is getting, getting the glory. That sounds like that you're getting the glory. And so that's not what it's all about either. And so once again, we deal with the sin nature by having properly placed faith. Amen. That's how we deal with it. Now, I can recall, uh, I can recall as we begin to uh, wind down, time has really gone here on this evening. I can recall uh, as, a, as a young Christian and doing something that I don't think did me any harm. I don't, to this day, I don't think it did me any harm, but I, I didn't, you know, I did as I was, as I understood. I did as I was told. I did as I was taught. Uh, dealing with sin as a, as a young Christian and, and, and all of the different pressures and, 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 and as, as a young Christian, uh, as I was at that time, uh, I went out and I got myself a, a, a pack of uh, scripture cards. Okay, scripture cards. And I began memorizing scriptures off those cards. And, and, and once again, I can still remember many of those scriptures that I memorized. So it's nothing wrong with it's nothing wrong with putting scripture to memory and to heart. It's the scripture is never going to hurt you or harm you. And I do remember being tempted and and calling out these different scripture verses and calling out the scripture verses, being tempted and calling out this different scripture verses that I had memorized and this was going to this was going to uh stop the devil from tempting me uh it it it, it only was able to work to a, a, a certain degree amen it was only looking back it was only able to work to a certain degree here's what we need to understand Romans or uh, rather Revelation chapter number 12 verse number 11 and they overcame him Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. They overcame, we overcome Satan by the blood, by the blood, by the word of our testimony, that word concerning the cross of Jesus Christ. We overcome the lamb by the blood. Amen. That's where our faith is. That's how we deal with, uh, with it. Amen. If we try to do it any other way, if I go back to Galatians, Galatians chapter two and verse number 21, um, it's, uh, when we try to mingle, when we try to mingle law and works, uh, it's going to frustrate grace. I do not frustrate the grace of God. That word frustrate means to set aside. If I try and live this Christian life any other way, if I try to go about dealing with the sin nature in any other way except by putting my faith in the right place, then grace is going to be set aside. We're going to, as scripture says in another place, it's going to cause us to fall from grace. To fall from grace. Okay, and it's the same phrase, fall from and frustrate. It's actually the same Greek term. It's talking about set aside. Okay, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If I can just remain righteous, sinless, uh, and without, by just keeping laws that I have put in place, he's talking here about the Mosaic law. Now, we can also be talking about the Mosaic law or any laws that we have set up in our own lives. The law of reading at read, reading at a certain time. Once again, I don't want anyone to think that we're talking about it's a wrong thing to pray or read at a certain time. It's not wrong. It's not wrong to pray. It's not wrong to read. 
It's not wrong to fast. All of these things are absolutely mandatory. But are you putting your faith in the doing of them? There's where the problem can come. If you put your faith in the doing of whatever it is you're doing, you're putting your faith in the wrong place. Faith is in Christ. Pray, my faith is in Christ. Read, my faith is in Christ. Fast, my faith is in Christ. Okay? Not pray, I'm putting my faith in my prayer. Read, I'm putting my faith in my reading. Fast, I'm putting my faith in my fasting. Because I do it, he's going to do something in return. No. Put your faith in Christ. Put your faith in Christ. Any other way, we're going to run uh, into uh, problems. We're going to run into problems. We're going to fall from grace, frustrate the grace of God, and even worse, uh, the book of Hebrews talks about, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 29, it is possible to insult the spirit of grace. That is something that we do not want to do. Amen? And so we don't want the sin nature to be revived. We look to Christ. We look to Christ alone. This is how we live for God and keep the sin nature where it belongs, subdued, okay? Subdued, okay? It will rise because it is very, very easy for us to revert back. It is very easy for us to grab on to a work, to grab on to a law. It is very easy for us to create these little laws that we set up in our lives. It is very easy. And so that is why we must make sure that we keep our faith in Christ. Okay? And how do you do that? We, you, you simply are very, you're just mindful that every single blessing that you have, every single thing that you have, it's all about him. It's all about what Christ has done for us. It's all about what Christ has done for us. Amen? And so, if you want to keep this in nature, in its rightful place, which is under your feet, <laughs> along with Satan, then keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Be mindful of who he is and be mindful of what he has done. Amen? That is how it is done. Now, we've only tipped the iceberg, and at another date, at another date, we will get into more uh, of this. Uh, but that is going to have to suffice uh, for this session of the Bible Speaks Live. Amen. We pray that you've been blessed. Uh, we pray that something that we've that you've heard tonight uh, will be of benefit to you. Uh, we pray uh, that the Lord will uh, continue uh, to bless you. Amen. Let's let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for everything that you've done for us, Lord Jesus. Lord, uh, we know that sin is always going to be uh, a part of this life. Amen. We're never going to eradicate the sin nature from who we are, Lord Jesus. But Lord, you've shown us how to navigate through it all. You've shown us how to deal with with sin and the sin nature, Lord, and it is through you. It is through the cross uh, of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you uh, for the cross, Lord. We know that within the cross, it is the power of God unto salvation. So, Lord, we will not hold on to sin. Lord, we will not, uh, we will not lift it up either. Lord, we are going to look to you, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, we put away every other way, every other means of dealing with sin in this life. Lord, we look to you and we look to you alone. Lord, have your way. Bless everyone under the sound of your word tonight. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Let me just we just uh, say once again, hi. Uh, to my brother Thomas, amen, Sharon, amen, uh, I've tried all those things before, uh, to try to make myself better, absolutely, we've done all these things, amen, we've done all these things, amen, Sharon, uh, Sharon says, uh, keep your feet at the, uh, at the cross, keep a personal relationship with Jesus, amen, 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 um, God is good, God is good, um, Frank asks a question. Frank says, 
what's the number one way sin revives uh, in a Christian life? Well, the number one way uh, sin revives, uh, and 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 we, what we're talking about sin, we're talking about the sin nature once again, is by trying to live the Christian life uh, outside of faith in the finished work of Christ. In other words, when we try to put laws in place, I got to do this and I got to do that and I must do this. And if I don't do it, then God's going to be angry and all these types of things that will revive the sin nature. Amen. That will revive the sin nature. The sin nature is going to have a heyday uh, when that takes place. Amen. He's going to have a heyday. Amen. Um, just looking at some of the comments here. Amen. Going straight to the grass. That's right, my, my brother Thomas. I used to go straight to the grass. I can see it. I can see it in my mind. I still remember those times of just going to the grass right in front of my right in front of my house. The 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 little sprinklers are going off, going around and keep off the grass, and I would just jump in there. Yeah. Why did I do it? Because they told me not to do it, and and that's exactly what we do. Amen. And so, amen. We bless the Lord. I want to thank the Lord for every single one that has joined us here tonight. Amen. God bless you, my brother Terrence and, Chan and, and Tangi. God bless you, Tangela. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Donna, uh, so many names. Amen. You know who you are. I know who you are. I see you. Uh, Tracy T. Amen. Doris. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Amen. We want to invite you to join us tomorrow night. If you are able, tomorrow night, we'll be here one more time again uh, this week. And we'll be here with our uh, Cutting It Right Bible study. Uh, we're looking at the elements of spiritual growth. We're winding down. We have only one or two more sessions uh, before we enter into a brand new uh, course of study on Wednesday nights, which will be Understanding the Ministry of Reconciliation. That's coming up in just a couple of weeks. Amen. Just a couple of more weeks before we get into June, we will uh, start the Understanding the Ministry of Reconciliation. So I pray that you'll be able to join us uh, on Wednesday night as we uh, as we begin to conclude our study of spiritual growth. Amen. Sunday afternoons at 4 p.m. I know it's an odd time, but Sunday afternoons at 4 o'clock, we're here with our series entitled Hope from the Beginning. Uh, amen. Sundays in May, that's our topic. We're, we're going to the book of Genesis, finding strength and encouragement. Amen. And so we pray uh, that you will join us there. Monday nights, we have our line-by-line -line podcast. We're currently in the book of Mark, Mark chapter number 10. Mark chapter number 10, that's coming up this Monday night at 7 o'clock here on YouTube and on Facebook. Amen. Uh, let me just remind you that our book is still available. Uh, our book entitled Churchified or Sanctified uh, is still available at uh, Amazon.com. You can pick up your copy if you so desire. Also, our first book uh, entitled uh, The Lights in the Windows, uh, Eight Basic and Powerful Principles on Evangelism. It is also available on Amazon.com. Amen. And we thank the Lord for what he is doing. If you would like to, we have two Free ebooks available on our website, which is that's the word.org. Amen. If you have not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, you can do so by going to that's the word ministries on uh, YouTube. You can also listen in to all of these podcasts. You can go to spreaker.com, that's S P R E A K E R, spreaker.com, and you'll find all the other podcasts uh, that the Lord has enabled us to be able to, produ to produce over the years. We've been here since about 2009, and so we have many other podcasts uh, that we have produced over the years. Amen. Uh, finally, uh, we've just begun. Uh, we've just been given the opportunity uh, to begin to spread our wings a bit uh, by the Lord's grace uh, uh, in Africa, Asia, and in Europe. Uh, we are now uh, a part of Abundant Life, the Abundant Life TV network. Uh, once again, reaching out to Asia, Africa, and Europe. We had our first, uh, we had our first airing uh, this past Sunday, uh, and we will air again on this coming Sunday on Abundant Life TV. Amen. And so, any uh, your prayers, uh, your prayers, and of course your financial support support is always welcome at this time. If you would like to do so, you can uh, go to our YouTube, uh, rather our um, our website. Uh, to do so. Amen. 
Well, that's it for tonight. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. Uh, and once again, it's been a pleasure. God bless each and every one of you. Hopefully you, hopefully you can join us here tomorrow night. We'll be back here with the Cutting It Right Bible Study. 8 o'clock, we'll be here, God willing. We'll see you then. Have a good one, and God bless you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.